This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. Today, very quickly, I'll be talking about the heart of a worshipper. The heart of a worshipper. We'll take our text from John 4.23. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. It says, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But what does it mean to worship God in spirit and truth? Let me ask a question, and this is not a rhetorical question. Have you ever experienced that sometimes we come into the presence of God, we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are filled with the move, and then we go home, then after some hours or maybe the next day for some, you feel empty. Tuesday you feel empty, Wednesday you feel empty. Then till the next Sunday again, you come again, and then you are filled. Has anyone experienced this by show of hands? Okay. You see what happened in Exodus 33. In Exodus 33, God told Moses, he said, Take these people, go forth. I paraphrase I will fulfill my promise, thy promise, your Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but I won't go with you because you are stiff-necked, stiff-necked people. Let's take a pause there. What does this mean? It means that even though God has promised something in your life, but at some point you can actually lose the presence of God. The presence of God can depart from you because we can be disobedient at one point or the other. But Moses understood. He said, no, Lord, I will not move an inch. We can't move anywhere unless your presence goes with us. How many of us have lost the presence of God even our this our spiritual journey? How many of us actually do realize that we are actually on a spiritual journey? God introduced himself. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why did he do so? He's pointing us to their lives. He said, go look at their lives. Look at the things that happened in their lives. That was their spiritual journey. And you can relate that to your own life. You can see how ordinary men struggled to understand and know this God. But at one point, they finally picked and faith kicked in. They were not perfect men. They were men and men like you and I. Men that made mistakes. Men that their children even copied their own mistakes. What does it mean to worship God in spirit and in truth? Just thinking about that question alone, we can then imply that it is possible to worship the true God falsely. Let's understand this. If we are worshipping a fake God, 
That's idol worship. So that's not what we're talking about. The true God. Is it possible to worship him falsely? Look at Exodus 32 verse 2. He said, Exodus 32 verse 2. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, your son and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings, wherever in their ears, and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hands, and fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made a molten calf. Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an, an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Which Lord? The Lord that brought them out of the land? Spiritual lesson point one. If we don't worship God in spirit and in truth, we will worship an image like the golden calf. Again, look at the story of Paul. Paul was very zealous. He believed that what he was doing was right. He believed that he was worshipping his God that way. Not until when God opened his eyes and the scales fell out. And then he realized that no, I'm persecuting the Lord. Look at 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9. Say, for I am least of the apostles. Who am I not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God? See 1 Corinthians 4 verse 4, it says, For I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this. But he who judges me is the Lord. He was worshipping God falsely. Very serious. But what does it mean to worship God in spirit and in truth? Let's look at the preceding verse of our text, John 4, 21. John 4, 21 and 22. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Your, what, your worship, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Let's look at that again. Jesus said, you worship what you do not know. How can you worship God if you don't know him? Spiritual lesson point two. To worship God in spirit and in truth, we must have knowledge of him. We must have knowledge of him. Look at what Romans Chapter 10, verse 2 says. Romans, 2, Romans 10, verse 2. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to the knowledge. The knowledge of God is gotten from his word. And his word is the truth. John 8, 31. John 8, 31. He says, Then Jesus said to those Jews 
who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 17, verse 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is the truth. Let's not be too anxious to just rush and say we want to worship, we want to worship, without getting to know this our God. How do you know he wants you? How, how, if you don't know how he wants you to worship, perhaps we might make the same mistake Paul made at the beginning. On a deeper level, we can't worship God in spirit and truth if we don't know him. It starts from the point where we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord. And then he said he'll give you a helper. He'll give us a helper. By the person of the Holy Spirit. To open up his word. And as we digest it, he will open it more and break it down for us. But it starts from the point where we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord. One very big mistake that Christians make today is the fact that we are focused more on birth rate and not infant mortality rate. What do I mean? We're so quick to count the numbers of souls we win, but we're slow to ensure that we create disciples of men. And along the line, people fall off. If you check a lot of the problems we are facing today, if a, true, if a disciple of Christ are in certain, certain positions, we will be suffering and going through a lot of the challenges we have, even in our own country. We need to shift our focus. We need to understand that it's also important to create disciples because that's what God asks us to do. How can you create a disciple if you are not a disciple yourself? It's not possible. You can only give what you have. God is spirit. What does this mean? You must permit me today because I'm going to be asking such questions to stir up something in your spirit. Something that I pray to God that you would hold on to and begin to meditate on. God is spirit. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3 verse 8, The wind blows where it wishes. John 3 verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it's going, where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You cannot limit God. You must be attentive to the Spirit of God so that we can move according to His will and His direction. How can we then worship God without knowing His voice? And how can we know His voice without studying his word. A lot of us here have family. Even if a family member is outside and he calls your name, calls out to you, you don't need to see the person before you know who's calling you. You say, oh no, that's my mom. How do you know? Because you have a relationship. So how come then you don't hear God's voice? It's your relationship. It's your relationship. Paul said in his letters 
that his prayer is that you should grow in knowledge of God. If you go check Second Peter 3 verse 18, he says, But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 17, that, God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Colossians 1.10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let me ask you. You know we're quick to quote certain scriptures sometimes, but sometimes we do not meditate on it. My people perish for lack of... Did he say lack of faith? My people perish for lack of knowledge. We must strike a balance. If you say you are going to focus only on the word of God, that's Judaism. If you then say, no, it's the spirit. The spirit will teach me this thing. The spirit will... That's more or less Christianity. There must be a balance. We just say, I have a vision, I have a vision. I remember many times Pastor T teaches, when the word of God comes, it's backed by the word of God. Because the word of God can never drop to the ground. It must fulfill that which it's sent for. I remember a couple of months ago, when uh, the Holy Spirit woke me up and he said, stand up and pray. And I started praying. And he said, okay, that's okay, sit down now. And start writing. He started giving me names of people, giving me messages for them, giving me scriptures for them. Each name with a message with a scripture to balance his word. How can we live anyhow on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Monday we, 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 we insult people, we steal, we, 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 we are aggressive to others. We don't show love. And then on Sunday we come and say, lift up holy hands. And then you lift. That's not worship. That's not worship. The worship is how you conduct yourself on Monday. How you remember on Tuesday who you are. Who you belong to. Okay, let me ask this question. By show of hands, this is not a rhetorical question again. How many people did you kill this last week? Nobody's raising up their hands. Okay, let me ask this. There's one scripture we quote here a lot. It says, The power of life and death is in the... The power of life and death. Okay. So let's think about it again. If you talk about somebody to someone else and you plant seeds of this God and then that person sees that person coming, say, hey, that's the person coming. He's, um, he's like this. You've killed that person. The person wasn't there to defend himself or herself. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Proverbs 8, 
18.21 says the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequence. How can we say we are Christians and believers and disciples and then our lives can reflect? I remember a testimony that I didn't get to share here before I went to school. My wife was heavily pregnant then and her tummy was already showing. And we're praying to God and believing God that, okay, Lord, we think we would like to have the baby in America. And then when I inquired from a few people, they said, hey, you need to lie. You need to lie. Don't let them know that she's pregnant. You need to sew boo-boo. I think it's boo-boo they call it, the big one. You need to wear sew boo-boo so that when you get there, they can't see her tummy. And then when we fill the forms, and before then I said, what's the difference between me that I know that I have Christ and people out there in the world? I can't lie. If it's the will of God that I get it, I get it. If I don't get it, it means that God didn't want me to get it. Not that the devil stopped me. No. The devil can't stop me. I understand that. So it's not in dispute. So we filled the forms and then she, we applied. And then the date they gave us for the interview was too far because I was already running late for school. So I told her, no, we need to ask them for a fast day, a date that we could actually go quick. And then we applied. And they, on the form they said, reason for applying for this date, for a new date. And we wrote, um, she's heavily pregnant. Her due date is coming soon. So we need the visa so we can go quickly. She's pregnant. <laughs> so when we, after a few days, they replied and they gave us the, the, the new appointment. But they said, for this appointment, you need to accept it online. We tried for two nights. The porter refused to work. We couldn't accept it. And we now called their help desk. They said, look, we have to book a new date. I said, no, I'm not booking a new date. This is my date. This is the date they gave us. And then we decided we printed the error, printed the page, printed everything. And we went there 6 a.m. in the morning. We got there. They said, your name is not on the manifest. You can't enter. I said, no. See the evidence here. They gave me this date. Your portal was not working. They said, there's nothing we can do. We sat outside for one hour. As a matter of fact, we could even tell those that got their visas and did not because of the way how they came out. They looked on their faces. So after myself and my wife enjoyed ourselves, we now said, okay, it's time, let's go. So when we stood up, the security man now said, no, we've stayed here long enough that let him just go inside and ask his boss whether they will accept us to come in, they will allow us to come in. And then he went in for about 15 minutes and came out. And then he said, he started jumping. I said, yes, yeah, we should go in. We should come in. And we went inside. And all those people that came before us, in front of us, they rejected them visas. Over 10 people. And it got our turn. And the first question the woman asked my wife, because she was standing in front of me, she said, why do you want to travel? And my wife looked at her and said, I want to go and give birth. Duma looked at us. Oh, congratulations. We didn't spend two minutes there. And the woman said, oh, by the way, you have the visa. All to the glory of God. We need to ask ourselves, who are you? Are you a fan of Jesus? Or are you a disciple of Jesus? 
You know, it's easy to say I'm a follower of Jesus. It's Jesus. Before anything, blood of Jesus. But are you a disciple? Would somebody see you without opening your mouth? Would they no want to know this God that you serve? How many of your friends have called you and said, please pray for me? Or are they afraid that you might add more demons to their problem? What are the nicknames they call you in your school or in your office? If you need fights, just call that guy. He's ready. He'll set it up. Are you a fan of Jesus? Or are you a disciple? Worship. Worship means what-ship. It's an ongoing evaluation. In essence, what God's word is to me is the test of what he himself is to me. If we look at the times and seasons we find ourselves right now, it's very clear that we're in the end times. Someone might say, but this end time, they've been saying it for quite a long time now. What's happening? If you understand the word of God and the grace, his loving kindness that he's waiting for as many to come to him. But then if you see what's happening everywhere in the world, spirits deceiving people, God created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. How would we explain to the younger generations coming that a man and a man can get married? What are you doing about it? Are you folding your hands? Is your life reflecting Jesus? Is your life reflecting his love? You're looking for God when the right person next, sitting right next to you is God. How are you treating that person? You have the opportunity to show love, but then what do you do with it? This morning, I know I have very limited time because it was in my spirit that we should try and pray, even if it's for just two minutes. But I need to ask you, would you worship God in spirit and in truth? We will keep waiting and cleaning dust off our Bibles every Sunday or the night before. Or we will actually start to open it and start to read for ourselves. Meditating on it. It's not a competition that you must say, okay, I must finish this part. Just start and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, teach me. That's the covenant. He said he'll plant his words in our hearts. But you must tap into it and the Holy Spirit will be there to open it up for you. This morning we're going to pray. Just two prayers. First, if you haven't given your life to Christ, that's the starting point. You see, a lot of people here, including myself, I, I mean... I like shortcuts. That's why I follow Jesus. That's one of the reasons. That's the truth. I have discovered. That's the shortcut. I don't struggle for anything. I pray. It might sound really funny, but
But that's the truth. I have so many testimonies. If I start to tell you them now, we'll not live here. I get things cheaply. And if I don't get it, he's still God. You know, some of us, we pray, oh Lord, you do this, and then it doesn't come. You say, no, 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 no. Abraham understood that God is able. It didn't matter whether, he, if he pleases him, he will. But he's able. Full stop. Let's not give too much hype to the devil. Let's bow our heads and pray. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Highly favored.